I'm Wadi Lesson, rule F5. Got a little song for you about a dream I have for the future. I can see it coming. Face to face again. I just can't wait to play ASL again. Have to shelter in place until who knows when. Yeah, I can't wait to play face to face again. ASL again. Going to our club meets once again. Playing guys I thought I'd never see again. I can't wait to play face to face again. Face to face again. I'll get back to playing every other Sunday. We'll play best of friends. I'm hoping the world gets back to normal. But that day is no one knows just when. I just can't wait to play ASL again. Not until this COVID thing comes to an end, then I'll be playing face to face again. Face to face again. I'm going with all my buddies to the tourneys. Soon as COVID ends, insisting that the world keeps playing our way. Then that way is face to face with friends. I just can't wait to play ASL again. But that won't be until quarantine comes to an end. Yeah, I can't wait to play face to face again. Can't wait to play face to face again. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. And welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. I'm Dane Svgardgudson. And I am Geoffrey, the French murderer. <laughs> and for yes. those of you who are not watching and you're listening only, oh. we recommend that you stop listening and go watch because Dave and I are very humorous. <laughs> right? Right. 
And this is our 13th Halloween episode. So happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween, everyone. And the episode. only reason why it's our 13th Halloween episode is because this is our 13th year. Is that right? 13th year? Yeah, 13th. I think it is, but we have not done a Halloween show every year. So this is one of only like three or four. Yeah, we always talk about it, but it uh, it doesn't always happen because you can see all of the lengths we went to. I mean, Dave, you've been growing your hair out for how long? Uh, it's been preparing for, for several, several months now. It grows fast. Yeah, looks very good. And that hat, that's a that's more than a hat. That's a hat and a half. It is, isn't it? Now, yeah. of course, all historians and war gamers know that Vikings did not have the horn helmets. The only one they found, I believe, only ones they found, I think, are ceremonial helmets, not in combat. Really? So I apologize for my... Yeah, they had a lot of the helmets with the nose guard or the eyes metal around the eyes with the two eye holes oh yeah but not the uh, hat rack it's not you know i what i like about the horns is it's a hat and a hat rack together in the same piece what are the leather sides there are those your uh, ear flaps yeah they just came with the helmet uh-huh. almost forgot my boromir horn oh yeah It's the Horn of Gondor. Yeah, very nice. And you play it well. I could really feel you there, man. You were coming through. You and Adele, you are the you are the the bomb. Yeah, a lot of similarities. I I get told that a lot. Yeah. Well, uh, here we go. This is uh, it is uh, October eighteenth, twenty twenty one. Just. Uh, 12 days away from 13 days away from Halloween. Have you got any big plans, Dave? No, I do not. Okay. There we go. That was that segment. That was the do you have any plans coming up, Dave segment? And I might actually wear this and do the door. I just like doing the door. And I actually like riding my bike around on Halloween day and evening. Yeah. Everyone's out, you know, it's cool. It's neat. If the weather permits, yeah. Ride your bike around the neighborhood and see all these families going around. I mean, that, is, that is key. Uh the the weather. It has a tendency to be really horrible here in Chicago on Halloween. Every other day is great. And then Halloween it's cold and rainy. Snowing and and whatnot. I, I was uh, having lunch with my daughter the other day and I said She's 28. I said, so tell me your favorite Halloween memory. And she said, I don't have any. It was always snowing on Halloween. <laughs> that that really, that blows. We got to move. It's time to move. Listen, if there's, any, if there's anybody listening out there and you've got like a, a house in the back of your property or something where a guy could live with his wife and his donkey, uh, let me know. We're looking to relocate into warmer climes. You, though, you, on the other hand, you probably take your shirt off like uh, like a Frank Frazetta thing. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Outside and with a bare chest. You dig it. We'll Actually, have to see pictures of that. I do have a picture of that. Do you? Oh, no. I will. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, no. Hey. 
Um, I'll grab it and I'll show you after we pause or something. Okay. How long do I have to wear this crazy mask? It's not, uh, not long. Getting right? warm in here. Okay, it's coming off. Yeah, now. I, did, I went to 7-Eleven and I killed the guy behind the counter and I took the soda. <laughs> That's a scary story. We did a Hagar the Horrible school play. Oh, long ago. The first half was great. We had fake waves, cut a cardboard, and they moved back and forth. We had the guys all dressed as Vikings, and it was just a series of, of jokes. And then Hagar retires in the middle of the show, and then it's kind of boring the second half. So, oh. But it has songs, great songs, and one was... Be a Viking. It's the only way to be. Be a Viking. You can sail the sea, and then you can travel the world, and it doesn't cost a cent. You can stay where you want and not pay any rent. So grab a sword and come along and be a Viking like me. References to all kinds of fun, bizarre things like St. Vitor, Vitor's Dance? Mm -hmm. Is that like a weird torture i don't know but they had some very bizarre fun references so and was that one of those plays that you you bought the school purchases or rents or whatever yes and yeah. it was from the it's not a broadway obviously yeah um pioneer drama service colorado ding 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 don't ring the bell it's going to set off the ringing noise in the show uh, we'll put a uh, we'll get the bell going well, it's not a bell but it doesn't matter yeah well today oh, i'm gonna take this off it's it's getting hard. while we play the letters theme song Oof. oh that's not an improvement jeff the face We're, yeah we are not expecting uh, any trick-or-treaters this year. We usually don't get too many because we don't have sidewalks in this neighborhood because we live on these vance, vast expanses of land. And you don't have sidewalks. And there's no sidewalks, so it's hard for the kids to, to navigate. But the next door, you know, next door, I've mentioned a couple of times, they built a gigantic house. Looks like a castle. from mm -hmm. And it's very spooky looking. But these people have money. We haven't met them yet because... They don't like to talk. They won't talk to us. Uh, we're too low below them or something. We've tried, but anyway, Robin and I are going to dress up and go over there trick-or-treating because they probably have really good candy. You know, the big houses always have. Yep, the full chocolate bars. They don't have those fun sizes, you know, those little ones that are like the size of a quarter. They've got the no fun sizes that are the size of a brick. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. What's your favorite Halloween candy, Dave? Um, Butterfingers. I think I mentioned on the air once at the school assembly, I announced, bring me your Butterfingers. And I got, I think, 68. Oh. Small I ones, big ones. Kids coming in during homeroom with little baggies with their, all their Butterfingers in them. Kids I didn't even know at the school. <laughs> I used to MC the assemblies. So. Well, that's great. You know, that's a great idea for the two half squads. Um, send us your butter. Let's see. You could get Butterfingers. I would like um, 
uh, Almond Joy bars. For real? No yeah. one likes Almond Joys, Jeff. Or, no, Payday. Send send me your Payday bars. Okay. All right, there you have it, folks. Yeah. That's that's the that's the deal this year. Anyway, good to we see you. And, uh, so we have letters then, sir? We do. We have letters. Let's see. Uh, the letters intro. How's that for an intro? That'll work. You have uh, letters. Here we go. We've got. Oh, first of all, I would like to thank Christian and Nikki and Carrie and Ron for subscribing to us on YouTube. We're That's right, folks. Little hundred dollar check to you in the mail on the way. Check your mailbox. And I have a letter from Ron Wilson. He says, "I'm really loving your song there. This was the uh, which one was this? The one Megan and Aaron did. Good morning, mm. Star. Oh yeah. On a different note." I've been working on some of my own house rules for ASL SK that makes it a bit more complex, but for me, a lot more fun. They're a bit too complex to explain here in a comment. So let me instead post a link to a YouTube video that he made and uploaded that shows them. So uh, we can post a link to that. And oh, yeah, that's way, great. Love to see stuff. I, I have not watched that. Have you watched that video? Uh, actually, I have not yet. So yeah. if we don't put a link up, we guess we would have then found it inappropriate. Um, by the way, in the first part of the video, I wrap up my thought that I shared in my previous videos on battlefields of the future and how new technology might affect situations in the future. Sadly, like we've seen play out in Afghanistan, but the second half of the video is all about the starter kit house rules. So you can skip to that if that's all you want to see. We'll promote that. Yeah, very for, cool. For Ron. That's very cool. I've got one here from Eric, Eric from Canberra. He says, Jeff wanted more bagpipes. Well, you want more bagpipes? Here you go. And he sent us a link to YouTube also with uh, an ACDC song. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. And so uh, we'll put a, a link there. It's only got 523,000 views. we got to get that up for them, for <laughs> ACDC. It does have bagpipes. Yeah. Love um, it. Fifth Row Center had commented, uh, classic episode 278, especially the rules. Well, we have more rules today for you, Fifth Row Center, uh, though the bagpipes hurt my ears a bit. So keep it coming with the Australian content. Thanks. Hmm. Yes, we definitely will. Uh, I've got a letter here from Steve Zaccardi, who wrote us on Patreon, and he says... While reading the autobiography of General von Manstein, I came across this passage in his comments on the assault on Leningrad. Quote, do I have to do it with a German accent? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Is that too much echo? No, no such thing as too much echo. Can't have too much echo. Okay. All right, we'll try this. That's... We had hardly reached Lake Samro late that evening when a telephone call was received from Panzer Group HQ ordering us to halt three motorized halt three motorized division, which was coming up behind us, and to drive straight down south again next morning to report to HQ 16th Army in Dno. 
We, together with three motorized division and the SS Death's Head division, which was being pulled over from Lake Iman. We'll be gone. Yes, <laughs> we're now to join that formation. No one will pretend that we were particularly pleased at these peregrinations. Oh, peregrinations. What is that? It's an it's a author who uses big words. The one admirable exception was our quartermaster, Major Kleinschmidt, whose cheerful equanimity was quite undaunted by the news that he would have to swing his supply and transport arrangements round through an angle of 180 degrees. Well, looky there. But an otherwise very dry exposition by General von Manstein, spiced up there by the mention of Major Kleinschmidt. I wonder if any uh, relation, Dave? Uh, no, I cannot say so for sure, um, nor any relationship to Tom Kleinschmidt, who was going to be a who was a basketball player out of DePaul or somewhere and didn't quite make it into the majors. But um, I think that Kleinschmidt is mentioned in scenario Art Nouveau. I forget the number. Wow. Check it out. I will check it out. It mentions Kleinschmidt in there. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, after action reporter the yeah. on the scenario card. Well, PT Yunkins has written us again and says, once again, I enjoyed the most recent podcast. I'm glad you did. I gave some love to the new Breaking Contact newsletter. I'm hoping we'll hear more from them in a recent email. I mentioned comparing various scenarios based on the same event. I did come across an article that did that, and it was on the same scenarios I mentioned, but now I can't find where the article was, and so I can't help much. I may have a short-term memory problem. If you folks review, I, I would say anyone who knows where that article is, <clears throat> shoot us an email. Yeah, and please. Let us know. Um, because Pavlov's house, Timonen and I just finished playing it, and boy, I think there are like four versions of that or five, so it's been an interesting topic, so... Um, if you folks review FTC number 10, uh-oh, what's FTC? Our ASL ignorance. Flamethrower candy. <laughs> from the crunches? From the crunches, yes, from the crouching position, number 10. It includes Tarawa and Fox Hill scenarios. I would suggest reading The Last Stand of Fox Company which covers the Korean War battle. So okay. that would be good reading. I am got to get back to my Korean games. We, we're starting with Timonen, Rizzi, Walters, Chris, and I, four people were playing, starting to play those scenarios, and then COVID hit. That all distracted. Oh, all right. of our Pacific stuff we've been doing, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. It's only oh. been 18 months. It seems like only 17 and a half. <laughs> uh, well, we have this audio letter from oh, Alan. From here. our friend Alan from, from Scotland. Let's play that. Hi, guys. Alan in Edinburgh here. I just want to say thanks very much for the latest episode. Another glorious edition. It was very good to hear Pete Phillips in View from the Trenches get a shout out. He does a great job. I always look forward to his latest issues. Uh, thanks for mentioning Bounding First Fire. I'm not going to be going, but I probably should have. Pete wanted me to go down, but 
as I say, I used up all my holidays, so that was that. But I'm definitely going to Heroes next year, so that should be great. Okay, cheers, guys. Bye. Always good to hear from Alan. I love listening to his voice. That's the worst Scottish accent I've ever heard, but <laughs> still, it's good to hear from him. Keep trying, Alan. So thanks for – hey, everyone, anyone else, you guys can use the speak pipe. There's a button on the side of the web page. Yeah. We should uh, make our, we got for letters today. We should make our next contest that. Uh, for, uh, do a speak pipe? I think so. Yeah. It's a good idea. Well, Jeff, do you know what's next? There's something in a box. Ah, the it's, it's in a trick-or-treat bag. Must be time for what's in the box. What is in the box? What's in that there box? Well, Dane Svirgesen here went trick-or-treating. is that little scenery for your war game dioramas okay what oh yeah frost grave uh figures sorry where did you say you got these i went trick-or-treating my neighbors were giving neighbors. all these away oh, frost grave miniatures very nice oh, oh yes beautiful uh broken down building Perfect. Yeah, kind of looks like my house. This is amazing. And oh wow, you must have gone to the house next door. They're giving away winter offensive bonus pack eleven. They are winter offensive bonus pack number eleven. Now number twelve is already out, and I think our sponsor. Ritter Krieg. Ritter Krieg is going to be shipping us out some more products, including Einor, and that we are going to be able to cover that in a future show very soon. Yeah. But what you get here is you get 13A. Now, this is the trick, you know. If you're not buying every little pack from MMP, you're not going to have every board. They gotcha. I just about everybody I know buys everything from MMP. They just do. It's Look at a, that. Hey, that's a very nice looking board. Got a lot of stone buildings there, big ones, multi-X buildings, tall buildings, short buildings, buildings on hills, uh, streets, fingers, big fingers moving across the board. Yes, big hands, kind of a scary thing. Yeah, and look at this. Here's the thing we never can explain. Flip it over, and it's the same thing on the other side, just with different tax <laughs> designations. Oh, you remembered. Yes. <laughs> These go this direction, up and down. The one, so they're long, and then, no, yes. And on this side, it's R. Yeah. So... so <laughs> We remembered. We remembered. Yeah. Uh, which, 
Which map is that? Did you say what number? 13A. So you got to get. Yeah, man. I think I'm missing. Uh, I think I'm missing everything above eight. So I've, I've got to get yeah, gotta back in and fill in the backlog of. You got to get cracking, Jeff. Yeah, it gets cracking. I release the cracker. Oh. Look at this. Oh, wait, there should be a scenario on the back of the. Yeah, here so, it is. Um, this bonus pack came out then uh, last year. Was it 2020 or was it? 19? Yes, 2020. It was 2020. OK, yeah. So they had it all set and ready to go before. Well, and just as COVID was hitting, they were sending that out, which was good timing. Yeah, and they always premiere it at their uh, tournament, the MMP yeah. uh, tournament there. Um, One-eyed, it's a French word. I'm not allowed to try to say it. One-eyed Jacques. Yeah. And this little scenario is a nice five-turner. It's on board 13A. Why are it you not allowed to say it? What? Why are you not allowed to say it? Because the listeners didn't want us to say French words. Oh, okay. I think we could say Jacques. Because it's a name. Yeah. Uh, Germans win upon controlling building J-10, or it end by having more unbroken non-vehicular crew squad equivalents than the French in or adjacent to building 14. Each mobile AFV with a main armament and such hexes counts as a squad equivalent. Show me where J-10 is. Is that on uh, board 13? Oh, yeah. we. That's right. We have the board yeah. right here. Yeah. Let's see that. And well, again, for, uh, for you people that are not watching the video you are missing out baby because dave is going to show us exactly where oh yeah oh that's a big building dave wow with a big courtyard of like a three hex courtyard yeah they got to control the whole thing yeah yeah it's a very interesting building very uh sorry and you know because i also have a short-term memory problem this particular action on this scenario takes place where in you oh, have. it's a French word. <laughs> oh, no. Boulogne. Boulogne-sur-Mer. That's where? In France, 1940, May. So this is the beginning okay. of the war. Yes. French got some roadblocks, some artillery, AT gun. And the Germans are all coming in, of course, with all the Panzer 1s and 2s. No 3s yet, I don't think. No, I think it's 2 or 3s. Actually, 3F. What? 3F and Panzer IVs, 4C. Yeah, Panzer IV. It's still got the little armor, though. They're all three armor factors, you know? Oh, okay. So they're... Ah, interesting. Okay. I got yeah. it. Yeah. It's your book. And the French get some fortified locations. FFE. They got the phone, a field phone with the FFE. They give you the first-time contacts established. Battery access is automatic. You're seeing that rule more often. Yes. Yeah, I'm happy about that. Yep. So, and then, uh, hey, if you're playing that and you're the French, just hang on. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Heroes Day, Surabaya, Indonesia, 1945. Huh. Okay. This has the 5th Indian Division attacking with 16 squads, some American vehicles, Lend-Lease or something, against the elements of the Tantara, Kiamana, and Rakyat, People's Security Armed Forces, and the Pembalatana Air, Defenders of the Homeland. 
Oh, I'm sorry I did not preview this, but it's got mobs. It's got 10 half squads of mobs. Mobs. Wow, look at that. Um, a mob. Now, how do they, uh, there must be a sp- uh, SSR regarding mobs. Yeah, three. Use access minor rules and personnel for the Indonesians. There's a commissar. The leader's a commissar. And these carrier crews are one, three, seven half squads. Each Indonesian support weapon may be kept off board until the unit is possessing it. Well, these guys don't have any. Oh, it's the whole army. Partisan rules for the mobs. A mob half squad has self-rally, is immune from heat of battle, leader creation, can't recombine, can't do the multi-location fire groups. They're lax. They're mob. They're mobs. They're mobs. They got the mob factors. But they're there. They set up counters. Yeah, they set up third. Interesting. That's it. That looks good. I like that's it. That's very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Somebody clever there. Who uh, designed this scenario? Ken Dunn. D U N N. He's been around a while, man. Ken Dunn. And then on the back here, uh, that's Heroes Day. So that, that looks interesting. What are the victory conditions? British got to clear them out of building J10. Wait, is that the same one? Yes. It is. That's a little redundant, but hey. Every time you feast, say J10. Feast day. Feast day, yes, you pronounce that correctly. I think in French, in French, that's feast day. <laughs> Ortona, Italy, oh. 1943. Feast day. Canadian, Canadians uh, pushing in there, all infantry. No, they get three... Sherman's on uh, turn two, six turn game. And it looks like a good quick play one. The provided they control building E15, the Canadians win by amassing eight victory points for control multi-X buildings on or east of G. So they got to get a bunch of buildings and E15. I know you're going to ask. Yeah, I'm going to ask. I'm glad to see some action with the Canadians. I always like playing those Canadian scenarios. I don't know what it is about them. They're just Easter cool. Tea. We are. The church. It's got a steeple. Oh, yes, it does. Open the door and. There are all the people. Shoot all the people. <laughs> Only if they're enemy soldiers, yes. sir. Yes. No friendly fire on that one, please. Germans can put wooden rubble around, etc. Wooden rubble? What's that? Yeah, place the German can place them. Okay. Less than equal to 18. It's a lot of wooden rubble. But they get to choose where they place it. It's not just a die roll thing? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes, what is your... We can talk, Dave. We should play this and then discuss our rubble strategy. Yes. Well, you use it to block roads. Yeah. Yeah. From the vehicles. Vehicles yeah. can't do rubble, right? Yeah. Um, what what'd else? Yeah. What did you, Dave, talk about for four hours? Rubble. Rubble strategy. <laughs> what we do. <laughs> yeah. 
How is that beard to wear for uh, any long period? Is it okay? Yeah, I've done it at Halloween a couple times. Oh, okay. You know, you can't see my torque. And it's probably good. I, I beg your pardon? It's a family I, I, show. I, I, I can't see your what? Torque. Oh, okay. I made this. I made this for my Celtic warrior outfit. Mm -hmm. You know, bronze neck. Pete yeah. Hill. Well, I can wear it on the horn, I guess. Yes, you could. Uh, you're All right. You're a torque head. That's what. Hey. Are, are there. <laughs> what? Are there more scenarios? No, three. Three? They give you that gorgeous map and they only give you three scenarios? Mm hmm. Well, I, I feel a little shorted, but. Well, the, the proceeds go to the World War II Foundation. That's nice. That's a very nice thing. WorldWar2Foundation.org. Yep. And um, on a winter offensive pack, it seems to me they don't normally have so few. So no, they always do. It's just th like three? Almost always three. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep, with a board, because they, who would buy a scenario? People, the cheaters, you're all a bunch of cheaters, you ASL <laughs> players. It's just Xerox, the scenario. So they realized we can't do action packs without something you know just xeroxable scenarios yeah right shame okay. shame shame you should all be ashamed of yourselves all of yous okay great well anyway that's that's a fun thing and i need that board because that board is very cool i'm looking forward to playing that and i'm sure we'll see that up here it probably already has in other scenarios so be on the lookout. And now it's time for rules. You need the rules to play the game and put your opponents to shame. They might seem hard, but that's okay. We're gonna learn them anyway. All right. Now we are covering fire based. Hit determination die roll modifiers. Okay. Rule number five. First of all, Jeff, players should note that certain firer and target hit determination die roll modifiers listed on the to hit table are also applicable to the light anti tank weapon aerial attacks and aerial attacks. Okay. Those applicable to the LATW are preceded by a little teeny. L for loser. <laughs> and those applicable to aerial attacks are preceded by a. Aeroplane. Yeah. A little TV plane picture. An A in a circle. What's that called? The at, um, at sign. Yeah. At sign. Yeah. And then those that are preceded by a red cross are not applicable when using the area target type. So, you know, all those little symbols they have in that. Yes, part. yes, yes, yes. Not applicable for area target type. Okay, okay. Thank you so, for, that, for that. Listen to Dane. 5.1, case A. You know, we're trying to remember 
what the cases are helps because this rule book refers to case B, blah, 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 case D. And I'm like, well, come on, which one was that? Just tell me. Yeah. We want to know. Does this do anything? <laughs> yeah, it magnifies your face. I can't. Let me just look over here. Oh, this magnifying glass is amazing. It, Dave Timonen, you can hold this right over the game board and like at a good distance, like a foot away, and it and you can read stuff. Okay, so like there's a this this counter this scenario card is right here on the table. Yeah, I can hold this right here, and I can read these tanks. You're welcome. T thirty four M forty one, and it's that's how far away I stole this from my mom because I'm a Viking. Confession is good for the soul. It is. Now, case A: to hit die or modify a penalty for firing a gun at a target outside your current covered arc, Jeff, mm -hmm. is based on a combination. Because nothing's simple. A combination of the type of ordinance and the number of hex fines adjusted being made to the covered arc of the gun mm -hmm. as it turns the covered arc to see the target. Okay. Fast, fast traverse turreted weapons and 360 degree mounted guns, otherwise known as T. They incur a penalty for each hexbine adjustment of their turret cover arc during that fire phase. So when you have a fast turret, you turn it one hex. What what do you add to the shot, Jeff? What modifier? Two. It's the fast one, Jeff. Oh, uh, one. Oh, Nine. Look. Oh, what Let's is see that? if you're right, Jeff. Oh, you're right. For those right. of you who are not watching the video, you are. It, it's it, a good thing you're not. Mr. Skeleton Head lights up when Jeff is correct. Okay. So, Jeff, a slow traverse turreted weapons, ST. Yes. They have a diorama modifier of what? Two for the first hex. <laughs> That's wow. correct. Uh, yes, yes, I am. And what is the penalty for subsequent hex binds turned on a slow Travis traverse turreted weapon? St. One. Apparently, turning that, uh, the, getting the turret to turn that first bit is uh, <laughs> extra hard than subsequent bits. I don't know why that would be, but why is that? Yeah, I don't know really why that would be. You know, it's interesting though when I whenever I read something about some World War II a particular piece of equipment, I was reading something about light anti-tank weapons the other day, the actual light anti-tank weapons, and I thought, "Oh, I can't remember what I read, but I, but I remember thinking, "Oh, that's why they have that rule the way they do in ASL." And so almost all the time there is some sort of relationship to uh, yeah. actual operation of these things. So I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. Maybe slow trip. I mean, were they cranked? Were these things cranked ever or motor? Well, we could expect I, all day and there's no point in that. 
Yeah. Um, what, Jeff, is the penalty for the first hex bind adjustment to the covered arc change for a bow mounted vehicular gun? So it's not up on the turret. And all non-360 degree ordnance, otherwise known as NT, non-turreted. For the first hex spine? First hex spine. In open ground? Uh, geez, I should remember this. It's three again, isn't it? Or is it four? Or is it five? It's three. Oh, look. Yes. Yeah. Correct. The lights lit up for each subsequent hex spine. Plus it's one. one. Excellent. Yes. I thought you'd go for two because no. you know, it was three and then maybe two. You know, it's funny. I remember these, but when you ask me, I'm always second guessing myself. It's because the language, it sounds weird. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You're reading this thing, 360, non-360 degree ordinance. What? Yeah. What is it? What is that? Yeah, um, I know how to play. Just don't ask me how to play. Yes, just play. Just have someone teach. Yeah. All guns use case A to fire at targets outside the current covered arc when changing the covered arc. Turreted vehicles change only their turret covered arc so that their target lies within that turret covered arc. Should they elect to pivot the whole vehicle, then that's changing the vehicle covered arc. We all know this. We notice. Yes. On the NT to the hit dial applied to the first shot of all vehicular weapons. So when you turn your vehicle, you have to apply that uh, non-turreted to all weapons. Yeah. A non-turreted non gun must pivot within the firing range, so the target lies within the covered arc. Does does such a pivot qualify the vehicle as a moving target? No. That is correct. What happens to the modifier if the firer is in woods, building, or rubble? Well, that's uh, you get a penalty for that, and I believe it is five for that first hex. Uh, no, it Ten. is. It's 50. 150, plus 150 to the die roll. Isn't it five? It's doubled. Oh, it's just doubled. So three would go to six. Yeah, doubled. First in the hex, and then two for the... Yep. Okay. And where the ST plus two goes to plus four. Doesn't happen to me often enough, I guess, or I just, I, I don't bother firing when I'm in a woods or. You don't set up your gun. We don't set up our guns in woods, rubble, or building, mostly because it's the double. Yeah. Unless it's a really critical location. Yeah. We don't much, you know? Yeah. Once a gun fires from a woods, building, or rubble, it may continue to fire during that phase from that hex only inside its current covered arc. Yeah, so you only pay the penalty for the first. Yes, if it retains multiple rate of fire, yes. you place a covered arc counter on the gun to prevent congestion due to stacking. You can place it two hexes away, pointing in the same hex spine, and to indicate the covered arc for the remainder of that phase, too. You can't change it again. But would the covered arc of a pinned firer fixed in the movement phase remain fixed, the covered arc, during the defensive fire phase? 
What was the question? So yeah, I know. So so, so he turns in the he, he turns to fire in the movement in the movement phase. Gets fired upon and is pinned. How can you pin a guy? Wait a minute. So you're pushing a gun? A tank? You don't pin tanks. No, you don't pin tanks. You're welcome. Answers yes. But an but a light anti-tank weapon carrier might be pinned. Covered arc of a pin fire fixed in the movement phase. Yeah, I don't know. Let's go on then. Okay. All right. The case A, Dyro modifier, is applicable only to a gun which made a covered arc change as part of its shot. So if a gun makes a covered arc change and fires with a case A, Dyro modifier, and then fires again in the same phase, with rate of fire, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, the case A will not apply unless it changes the covered arc again. So yeah. does it? Oh, so does it apply on the next shot if you have a rate of fire? No. That's correct. Yes. Uh, bounding first fire is, question, is case A applicable to an attacker firing during his own movement phase? Tank is moving. I'm going to turn the turret and shoot on the move. Do we apply the plus two for turning? Oh, yes, yeah, just bounding fire. I don't do that much. Um, I'm going to say no. It's not correct. a plus. Correct. Yeah. It's correct. Because you're moving already and. Yeah, you got to pay the motion and then the right. turret type. And um, so a bounding first fire must always fire within its current covered arc, but it may change the covered arc with a movement point expenditure like normal. Case B, fire in the advanced fire phase. All ordnance weapons firing during the advanced fire phase, which did not enter their current hex or hex side during the player turn, are subject to a case B. What is that plus? One or plus two? Fire in the advanced fire phase. Plus one. No, it is plus two. Oh. Shoot. And that applies regardless of whether the gun is pivoted or changed its covered arc in the hex. So, question is opportunity fire an exception? If I, you know what op fire is, right? You put it on right. the, at the beginning of fire, fire phase. Yep. And do you have to pay the plus two for firing in the advanced fire phase? No. Correct, Mundo. It's an exception to the rule because, yeah, you you already declared op fire. Yeah. Case B is increased to a plus three if you're in a woods building a rubble. It is. I did not know that. Of course, again, we're not advancing firing a lot from woods building a rubble. Uh, may a weapon fire more than once in its advanced fire phase? No. Correct. Unless it's using opportunity fire, then it gets the normal. Normal rate of fire or whatever. So, yes. Okay. Yeah. So normally we say like, oh, we can't. Oh, I got rate. No, it's the advanced fire phase. I don't get yeah. to do that. Right. KC bounding fire a vehicle, including its passengers, which entered a new hex during its movement phase, but doesn't fire until the advanced fire phase. 
is using bounding fire and always uses KC when firing ordnance. A vehicular ordnance, which fires during the movement phase, must use one of the KC dyro modifiers, and it adds the case B. So you, you, when you're moving or have just entered a new hex, and it's advancing fire phase, you always add the plus two, mm -hmm. case B, and then the gun type modifier for the turret type. So if you have the gyro stabilizer, it's less, et cetera, et cetera. So you can check your charts for that. Um, typically it's like plus five minimum, I think, Dave, and I always figure two for fire and advanced fire phase, the turret type maybe plus. Well, here's an example. Let me read this to you. Um, a stabilized gun firing in the advanced fire phase after entering a new hex must apply a plus three, uh, plus two for advanced fire phase shooting, case B, plus one for case uh, C, stabilized gun to a hit die roll. If it's a T or an ST, it has to add plus the four, two for case B, and then two for the gun type, and non turret it would be the plus five. And all those usually are buttoned up, add one to them all. So that's why Dave and I always figure plus five is about the average to a tank firing, not to mention terrain and all that. And if you care at all about time, it's a good idea to just roll first. Mm -hmm. And if you if you don't have a low roll, you have uh -huh. a instead, don't bother thinking about it. Just move on. Exactly. You're not going to get it. That's exactly right, Jeff. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of times, and I did. There were a long, a lot of years when I did that. We would first figure out every, every, the last thing. Okay, we got it all figured out. Then I would roll an eleven. So yep, I think some people really like to know before they roll. Oh, I, I want to know what yeah. I need. Yeah, I, I want to know what I. Yeah, I'll just come on. Yeah, just roll the snakes every time. <laughs> Then there's this KC-1, bounding first fire restricted aim. A vehicle first firing during its own movement phase and having had a continuous line of sight to the target for only two and a half to three movement points during that player turn at the time of the shot. It adds a plus one or two to the shot if it only saw it for two to three movement points. Two. It is a plus one. Okay. Does that apply in the advancing fire phase? No. Correct, Jeff. You get the light up eyes on Mr. Skull. KC2, bounding first fire, limited aim. If you only see it for one, no, less than two or equal to, oh, less okay. than or equal to two, then what's the plus? It's a plus two. Yes, indeed. You've so been in your line of sight long enough and you take an extra penalty. Yeah, you, you don't get to track it as it moves along. So when you're moving your tank between buildings and someone's shooting at it down the road, guys, you got to be adding this plus to your opponent's shots. Right. A vehicle first firing during its own movement phase and having had a continuous line of sight to its target for greater than three uses KC to hit dyro modifier. A vehicle wishing to fire at the start of its movement phase prior of entry to a new hex may do so using kc it need not expend delay movement points first to avoid having to use the c1 or c2 about in the limited line of sight mm. so if the bounding firer 
vehicle declares a shot prior to any movement point expenditure, may a defender still declare a gun duel? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say yes. That is correct. Yay. Could he win the gun duel and then fire before the enemy vehicle expends any movement points? Normally, I know, normally you got to, you know, you're, we wait for the enemy to expend a movement point. But if he's going to bound in first fire in the movement phase before he moves, is it going to be yes or no that you can win the gun duel and shoot him before he actually moves? I'm going to say no. It is yes. You actually can, due to the bounding first fire's use of to hit KC, whatever that means. <laughs> then, a light anti-tank weapon. Bazooka. <laughs> Must a light anti-tank weapon fired in the advanced fire phase without op fire? Without it? Does a light anti-tank weapon have to add the plus two? <sighs> I just ran yes. up. Tank. Yes. Correct. Yes. Mundo. Yes. In addition, if you have backblast, you must use the plus two when firing from ground level rubble, unless you do that desperation um, penalties. Um, should such a weapon fire from a ground level building in the advanced phase without opportunity fire, the plus two to hit die roll applies for both conditions and is treated as a plus four. You're shooting with the take in the back blast. Um, yeah, that plus two, and then the other plus two. Um, so, oh, that's too hard of a question. Um, KC4, motion firer. Mm -hmm. A motion nonstop vehicle, which is moving and wishes to fire without stopping, adds the applicable KC to its to hit, and then the AFE is equipped with the gyro. It can use the KC, C1 or C2. Gyro is applicable, depending on the movement points, plus additional plus one for gyro. If the vehicle is not equipped with a gyro stabilizer, then it must use the other cases, case the C or C1 or C2, the limited, and it doubles the lower die roll of its, of its roll. So what that's saying is when you're shooting your vehicle and you're moving and you don't have the gyro, roll, you roll your dice. If I get a six and a three, you have to double the lower of your die rolls because you're in motion. Okay. So that three becomes a six. Yeah, the gyros are better, so they just have a plus one. Now... That is as far as I got. So why don't I pick this up some other time? On another show, we'll finish our tip modifiers. Okay. Looks like we're about an hour anyway. Uh, yes, that's probably about right. Would be perfect timing to end our Halloween special. Yay. Jeff, I can't wait to get the Butterfingers. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm very excited. Let's see, I'm just checking my background effects. Let's see. Oh, forgot to do a fun one. Yeah, I thought, isn't there a Halloween one? But no, there is not. Our next show will be a Christmas special, a winter wonderland. 
Well, maybe a few shows from now. A few shows from now. Hey, yeah, well, next up, I think, uh, interview with who? Uh, Carl Noguera, which I am okay. very much Where? looking forward looking forward to. Yep. So we assume that'll be our next show, folks. So join us next time on the two half squads. Yes. Remember to roll low. And rally well. But not when you're playing us. Yep. Not when you're playing us, kids. Bye-bye, boys and girls. It's been a scary one. Thank you. Thanks for listening.